You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hot, hot, hike! I'm Taylor Dahl. Uh, welcome back. Another episode of Making Monsters. Uh, if you listen to the episode that came out yesterday, you know that I am now doing a free agency miniseries podcast. If you missed it the last couple weeks, I did a draft one where I kind of went over the potential draft picks for the Bears at that number nine pick. I'll do more now that we're about to enter April and we're going to be diving a lot into the draft. But right now, obviously, Making Monsters is all about getting to know the players on the Bears. Last year, we focused really heavily on the young guys, the first contract guys, but I think it's just as important to get to know these free agents. So I now am going to this week kind of go through, and I'm going to talk to uh, people who covered them, whether it be on their last team or whether it be one of their more productive years in the NFL. Some of these guys have been in the league for five years, some a little longer than that, so it'll be interesting to see what some of these um, guys mean to these people uh, coming from whatever city they're coming from. Sometimes you're bummed when you lose a free agent. Sometimes you celebrate losing a free agent. And sometimes you don't notice too much. So we're going to find out in this next series how much uh, these guys could potentially mean for the Chicago Bears and the obvious uh, holes that we need to fill. It's uh, they, they spent a lot of free agent uh, signings, not technically money. They gave money to Tremaine Edmonds, but aside from that, I think they have a lot of manageable contracts, and they pretty much revamped the the linebacker group, and that'll be really fun. And obviously, the running back group too with uh, Dante Foreman, uh, Deontay Foreman, and Travis Homer. So we'll address all of these guys, get to know them a little bit more, the X's and O's, the who they are. And like I said, just how much maybe these former teams will miss them and how much maybe they could help when it comes to the Bears this season. So I will now be talking today to Mickey Ryan. Uh, he works for 104.5 The Zone. He's the host of Blaine and Mickey and the pregame show for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so obviously um, when the Bears made a couple signings, and that is including guard Nate Davis, which I know a lot of people were clamoring for some other guys on the offensive line. I think Nate Davis could be a really good addition to the Bears. Um, honestly, let's be real. There, there's not much direction we could go other than up when it comes to the offensive line. So I think someone like this, a veteran guy like Nate Davis, could really it really can make a difference. It's just honestly more depending what polls does with the offensive line when you're looking at the signings he did make and what potentially they will do in the draft because a lot of people are confident that Braxton will stay at left tackle and people kind of want Tevin to stay at that right guard because he was so productive. Uh, but Nate Davis is a guard. So are, is he gonna, are they going to stick him at left guard or are they going to put him at right guard where he played? 
Um, and then what does that mean? Do you shift Tevin over to right tackle? And what do we do at center? And then after that, what do you do at left guard if that is the way you go? So it will be interesting what he does. Uh, we'll talk a little bit with Mickey about where Nate is the strongest, where, where he can possibly play and what that means for Tevin possibly. But he was drafted by Tennessee in 2019 in the third round. Uh, also another guy, Demarcus Walker. Uh, he spent 2022 in Tennessee after a few years with Denver and then a year in Houston. So um, obviously we'll talk about him. He doesn't know Demarcus Walker as a full career but he really got to see uh, probably his breakout season. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. And if he thinks that Demarcus Walker is going to continue to progress or if maybe it was a one-off season for him, uh, we're hoping the progress side is what it is. But let's go ahead and jump into this episode with Mickey Ryan. All right, now I am joined by Mickey Ryan of 104.5 The Zone. He's the host of Blaine and Mickey and the pregame show for the Tennessee Titans. So, Mickey, I want to say, first of all, thanks for joining me. Um, obviously, the Bears had a lot of holes to fill this this offseason, and luckily they had a lot of money to do so for the first time in a while. Uh, they made a few signings, and uh, one of those being Tennessee offensive guard Nate Davis. Uh, he was drafted by Tennessee in 2019 in the third round, and another guy in Demarcus Walker who spent 2022 in Tennessee after a few years with Denver and one in Houston. So let's start with Nate Davis. Obviously, uh, the the Bears fans were clamoring for offensive linemen. Justin Fields got sacked 55 times. We knew we had to improve this line in, in some way. Um, so that was a major and obvious need for the Bears. Uh, I am comfortable in their left tackle and Braxton Jones and their right guard, Tevin Jenkins, which is also kind of raises questions what they'll do with Nate and where they'll start them um, because they did start Tevin at right guard last season. Um, but that's about it. That's all we're comfortable with when it comes to the offensive line for the Bears. So a lot of names floating around for that O-line that the Bears wanted, and not most of them were for Nate. He wasn't on the list uh, for most of the Bears fans or Bears media. He's one of, he was one of the highest-rated guards, though, in the market. So he started 54 games with Tennessee at right guard. Seems to be pretty impressive in both the run blocking and the pass pro, which sometimes is an issue where that balances. Would you say he's better at one or the other, or would you say there is a, a pretty strong balance there? If you look even at those PFF grades, which some people love and some people aren't crazy about, I think he graded a little bit higher in run than pass. But was, but was pretty strong across the board when he was playing at his best uh, in both regards. The Titans just don't throw the ball that much. You know, mm -hmm. they're typically in the bottom five in pass attempts. Uh, you know, the Titans' offensive line really isn't asked uh, to pass protect that much. But, mm -hmm. but when they did, he, he held up fine. That's good. Uh, yeah, because obviously we had uh, on each side of our line, one of them was really good at pass blocking and one of them was really good at pass protecting. And so other things would just kind of fall apart. So it never really clicked. Um, so I think it's important for the Bears to find some guy that has some sort of balance. And like you mentioned, we didn't throw the ball hardly at all last season. I think a lot of that was because the pass protection was bad and because there wasn't a lot of weapons for Justin Fields to go to. So we also ran the ball a ton last season. Um, so it'll be interesting them kind of shifting now having DJ Moore and some other weapons. But an obvious concern, well, a, a, my, maybe a concern is the health. Um, I've shouted all offseason for me that availability is ability because we went through a ton of different line formations last season and dealt with so many offensive line injuries. Um, now he's only had one complete season with Tennessee, but he's also just missed eight games in that time. So it's not like he was missing long stretches 
pieces of time while he was there. Um, does the health is the health a concern at him, for him at all, or do you guys think it was just kind of a little bit of being banged up here and there? Well, his first two years health wasn't a concern at all. You know, he he worked his way into a starting job uh, as a rookie, and I, I felt like he. If you went around and polled anybody associated with the Titans in any way, he far exceeded expectations in 2019. And and in 2020, he seemed to be on the cusp of, of becoming a, a Pro Bowl-type player uh, for the team. I, I think what hurt him a lot was in 2021, he wound up getting COVID two different times. Ugh. I mean, I had COVID once, and I couldn't walk around my block. Mm-hmm. I'm a middle-aged, not a finely conditioned you know, professional athlete, but – but I know what it did to me. He had it twice. Wow. So, you know, there was another player on the team that I spoke to who had COVID, a longtime veteran. And that guy told me, he said, I don't know about the other guy, but he said it, it had a profound effect on me and my ability to do my job. Because he said, you know, you think about it, we're doing this at the highest of high levels. People have trouble going back to an office job after COVID, and yeah. we're asked to do them you know, one of the most physical jobs that there is in the world, you know, and he said, not taking away from people who work hard and construction or anything, but the fact that what we do and how hard it is, you know, and Nate Davis had it twice because I went back last night. I knew that we were going to speak this morning and I thought he had COVID twice. Man. So I think that derailed a lot of his 2021 and I think it derailed some of his development. Now, last year he had uh, some different injuries. He missed five games last year and Mike Brable actually, he didn't, he didn't call him out at the end of the season, but he talked, well, I mean, if you watch the Titans, mm-hmm. 91 players played for them two years ago and 86 players played for them last year. And you mentioned the Bears looking for offensive linemen who were had the ability of availability. I think Mike Grable was looking for that across the whole team. Mm-hmm. And as the season wore on last year and Nate started to miss those games and they started to pile up, I think there was a sense in the building and for what I felt like I knew, like if you'd come to me in December 15th and said, Hey, I'm starting to see some free agent list. And Nate Davis is showing up as a, as a guy, he's going to stay with the Titans. Right. I would have said, no, I would have told you, no, there were some rumblings. He wouldn't be back. Okay. So I'll say, I'll say this. If he is fully back physically, you know, and fully healed and motivated, then you're going to get the guy from 2020. You know, you're going to get mm-hmm. the guy, the pre-COVID, the guy who played in games, the guy who exceeded expectations. And another thing, you know, Variable seemed to have lost confidence in some guys last year. He actually mentioned two guys uh, as repeat offenders for soft t- tissue injuries. David Long, who was a free agent linebacker, and they let him walk. He's in Miami now. Mm-hmm. And the other one was Christian Fulton, who's still on the team. Yeah. So he didn't, he didn't mention David Long, but there seemed to be a theme of, if you've missed multiple games due to injury and we feel like you could have done something more about it, we're going to let you go. Okay. Yeah. And that's what, honestly, the, I was about to, my next question was going to be the reasonings for not keeping him because now I feel like Tennessee, they also let go of Ben Jones. So they're kind of in a, they have some concerns now on that offensive line. So it was interesting to me um, to let him go, but it makes sense if Rabel's kind of in that mindset of like, Hey, we want guys that can be on the football field because you're not protecting the quarterback if you're not there. Um, And believe me, we went through that. So 
he played 682 snaps at right guard, crediting with uh, allowing three sacks and whistled for four penalties in 2022, despite dealing with all of those lower body injuries we kind of talked about. Would you consider either of those things a problem when it comes to allowing sacks or penalties? No, okay. no. When Nate Davis is right, we never looked at him as a liability in any okay. way. Nope. And that's that's exactly what we want to hear. We have, like, it's it's so sad to go back and look at some of last season. Like when I go back and watch certain pieces of film from when uh, where our offensive line was at certain times, and how much they were just getting to Justin Fields, and how little time he had to even process anything. And this guy's trying to develop, and it's hard when you're a young rookie, when you're a young year two quarterback trying to figure that out, and you have no time to do anything. Um, but let's move a little bit to the defensive side of the ball. So they also signed defensive lineman Demarcus Walker. Um, the second biggest weakness of the Bears last season was that defensive line. They had the fewest pressures in the league. They had the fewest sacks in the league. Um, our leading sack getter was our rookie safety, Jaquan Brisker. So I, I feel like that automatically tells you what that line looked like. So again, fans were upset. They didn't target some of the other guys like Deron Payne and things like that. But it seems like Walker steadily has improved after his first couple years. His best season was last year with Tennessee as more of a rotational piece they used him as. Um, 32 tackles, 10 for loss, 7 sacks, all career highs for him. Was Walker a piece that you noticed when he was out on the field last year? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely was. Um, He played like 37% of the snaps last year, and he got a career-high seven sacks. So he may be one of those guys where, how do you say it, less is more. Mm Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to play 80% of the snaps. You can get more from him in these short bursts, but he was absolutely noticeable. You know, he's a, like 6'4", 280-ish, maybe 285. So, you you know, you notice when you stand next to him, you know, this is this is a thick guy. This is a bigger guy. He was a, a really highly heralded prospect out of Florida State. You know, he played on those really good Florida State teams and went to Denver and underachieved. He had 12 and a half sacks. Uh, in his entire career before seven last year with the Titans. But he's a strong guy. He's explosive. He uses his hands well. Like if you go and search, Twitter search him or video search him, you know, you'll see his ability to, to, to get on like those bigger offensive linemen quickly, explodes into him. Uh, you'll see him use his hands and, you know, swim move and use some power to, to get past guys. But no, we were super impressed by Demarcus Walker. And to be honest with you, uh, I, I think a lot of people wanted him back. And if you looked at what his value was expected to be and some of those sites like Spot Track that do, you know, salary analysis, mm-hmm. I think we all knew there was no way the Titans 
the, like you you said off the top of this thing, the Bears are hemorrhaging money right now. Yeah. Like they could sign you a, a lucrative contract if they <laughs> wanted to. So they got to spend the money because uh, you got to hit a certain cap threshold. Mm-hmm. So literally, we may get a contract in the mail, you know, addressed from Hallis Hall soon enough. But <laughs> as soon as we, as soon as Demarcus Walker's stats started to pile up. You know, by the end of the season, we thought it was a heck of a run for him. He had that one-year prove-it deal, and boy, did he prove it. But uh, the Demarcus Walker, great player. Uh, again, maybe the Titans figured out how to use him correctly. Mm-hmm. Maybe they figured out the right snap count. But whatever it was, I mean, it was a career year for him by a mile, and he was playing confidently throughout the season. Yeah, and I think we are. We've seen a ton this off season of those kind of one year prove it deals. So I'm interested if teams are starting to do that a little more because they've handed so much money to so many players recently that just haven't panned out. Because the amount I want to say there was like eleven or twelve one year just prove it deals this year and whether that means it's an actual prove it deal or they want to talk long term later and they just don't have the money this offseason there's obviously different options for that but I, I think him I like the point that you made with maybe he is kind of that uh less is more type of player because Eberflus loves his rotational pieces on the defensive line the guys on his line he loves to rotate a lot and move them around and a lot of Bears fans aren't used to that so last season we were kind of frustrated at certain points because we were like clamoring for a certain player and that player was only getting 40 50 percent of the snaps compared to someone else getting a a larger majority and that rotation was kind of weird to us so I think someone like this would be a mate that's probably why he did it it's a a perfect fit honestly for what Flus likes to run on his defensive scheme Um, do you see him being able to continue to to progress if he's in the right situation? Oh, absolutely. Again, you know, that's a guy that he's 28 years old. Um, like I said, he's a confident player. We had him on our show last year. This is a guy who had 12 and a half sacks in what, five years coming in? Mm-hmm. And his Twitter handle is Living Legend. <laughs> so, so we asked him about that. And he's like, yeah, yeah that, that's my Twitter handle. That, that's, you know, yeah, that, that's what they call me. And we were like, dang, <laughs> wow. So, you know, he played like one last year. So mm-hmm. I guess if you – so maybe we should give ourselves some nickname to live up to. But, uh, no, he absolutely played fantastic. And uh, um, uh, it, he appears to be a guy – again, especially if you're saying Flus likes to, you know, to have that rotation. Shoot, plug this guy in for 40% of your snaps and see what happens. I like it. And that's funny. Maybe we should uh, – we can use our Twitter, our Twitter handles as like man- – we can manifest things through our Twitter handles, I guess. I like it. Um, so yeah, here's a here, – oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say mine is just my name. I think I'm going to change it to Radio Legend when we finish this call. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Um, and that's – so when we talk about being uh, – a guy because obviously when you have those rotational pieces on the defense it's kind of harder sometimes to find that true leader and I'm a little concerned about that looking at the Bears going into this next season because a lot uh, the team's very young in general but there is a chance that the majority of this line is going to be guys who are in year three and under and so do you think he could be able to step up into that vocal leader role a possibility that they're with that young line surrounding him? Um, I think when he first got to the Titans, he seemed like a fairly quiet guy because I think he felt like he had a lot to prove as the season went on. I felt like maybe that changed some. And, and I can tell you this, I mean, I walk into the locker room after every game, win or lose, and DeMarcus would stand at his locker and always talk to the press, always. You know, he never, like, took a shower and ran out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't know how the Bears do it, but we listen to Vrabel first, and then we make a run for the locker room 
and then we get who we can get, and then we go back and we get Tannehill or Derrick Henry or whomever we get. But he always stood at his locker and answered every question. So he's an accountable guy, and I think accountability is huge, especially if young guys see, well, here's a, gosh, here's a what, seven-year guy, been in the league. They paid him some pretty good money to come here. I think he'll be one of those things maybe they'll more watch what he does than him stand at his locker and yell at everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it may be more of by example, yeah. but if you're looking at a guy who's, you know, who came into the league highly as a heralded player, underachieved, you know, left the Broncos, had a one-year deal in Houston. The Titans seem to love guys who used to play in Houston. So he I was about Houston. to say that. <laughs> There's like the highway leads straight from Houston to Nashville. But, you know, <laughs> this is a guy I think you can just watch watch by his actions, you know. And if you talk to him, he's a, he's a pretty no-nonsense guy. You know, mm-hmm. at some point, if, if your paths cross, you can do an interview with him. Um, but I think they'll just more learn by, like, look at this guy's career. He came in on top. He went to the bottom. He's worked his way back up. Yeah. Which I, and I think a lot of these guys appreciate it. One of the, our linebackers that will probably be a starting linebacker next season is uh, Jack Sanborn, who was an undrafted free agent last year from Wisconsin. And the kid stepped in, had to step into the role of Roquan Smith when Roquan got traded, and he did a phenomenal job. So the, those it seems like the coaches on the Bears on the defensive side of the ball are good at kind of getting these, these guys comfortable with each other and that lead-by-example type of thing. I didn't see anyone super you know, yelling at the players on the sideline quite yet. Um, sometimes you want that, sometimes you don't. So it'll be interesting to see if any of those guys can step into that role. But it's funny because you mentioned um, guys, the path from Houston to Tennessee and another trade that was just made. The Bears just signed linebacker Dylan Cole from Tennessee, who spent his first four years in Houston. Um, so he had eight starts, 64 tackles for Tennessee last season, which I'm guessing is probably because before that he hadn't started a game, I don't think. Um, so I'm guessing that's in part of how many players you guys had on, on injured last season. Did have a lot to do with it. Uh, that's for sure. Again, they played they played ninety one two years ago at eighty six last year. Uh, but David Long got got beat up. Who was by far in a way their their number one linebacker. Um, and, and Monty Rice was a rookie. Uh, missed some time. Uh, Dylan Colt is a really interesting guy. Um, you know, he was a, a journeyman player. He had never played sixteen games in a season. He wound up playing fifteen for the Titans last year. But he was really more of Oh, every team has them, and I don't know who the guy is on the Bears or the guys, but you know, you always have a safety who doesn't really play safety. He plays special teams. Mm-hmm. You always have a linebacker who doesn't play much linebacker. He mostly plays special teams, and that was Dylan Cole. But the attrition became so great, they had to stick Dylan into some games uh, starting in midseason. And it's funny, my co-host is a guy, Blaine Bishop, who played for the Houston Oilers, and then they moved here and became the Titans. And Blaine loved Cole. He loved his motor. He loved his hustle. And, you know, Blaine's thing is, you know, every play in Blaine played 10 years in the league, and I don't know if you'll hear this or not, but, and I'm not trying to speak for him, but his thing is, like, let's say you have a guy and he's a fantastic number four receiver, and when he gets his, you know, seven, eight snaps a game on offense, but you know he's going to play 23 snaps on special teams, but let's say the number three gets hurt and he goes to the number three, and let's say the number two gets hurt and he goes to the number two, at some point he's going to be exposed. He's not a number two. Mm-hmm. Well, for Dylan Cole, he's he's a solid special teams guy. He's a stand-up guy. He had some big mistakes in one of the games where he played a lot of snaps. And this was basically – then the next week he had a fantastic game and made a play that helped win the game. Mm-hmm. So he is not a, a starting caliber linebacker, but a, as a depth piece, 
He's fantastic. We love him. And I'm saying this, you know, about DeMarcus was the same thing. You know, yeah. he was the situational, rotational guy, but we loved what he brought to the team. Dylan Cole was the same guy. You probably don't want him to start 17 games, or at least he hasn't shown yet in his career that he can do that. But as far as step in for a couple of games, as far as have to play some snaps late in the game, or maybe they've got a couple of packages that he plays on, um, I, I think you guys will be impressed with him. But, again, I, I don't think any Bears fan needs to think like, yeah, this guy could step in and start 12 games. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if you want that. But as far as a depth piece and a good dude in the locker room, you can't beat Dylan Cole. No, no, I, I honestly like that. We have the – it automatically made me think of a guy. We have DeAndre Houston Carson, who technically a free safety, but like you said, he gets kind of thrown into all sorts of roles when it comes to special teams. And he's been with the Bears for like eight years, I think. And every year you're kind of like – because he's not there much, but when he's there, he's making plays, and you kind of see flashes of things, and you're like, man, like he's really fun to watch. Why don't we see him more? And then when he has to play a few games in a row, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's why we see him in these flashes, because he's not the most consistent, but he can make things happen when he's out on the field every now and then. Um, all right, well, I want to talk to you a little bit, Mickey, just want uh, about you. Tennessee, obviously, they're in um, a little bit of a different position right now, especially when it comes to that division. Um the Jags, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence. Houston, going to get one of the top two QBs. Colts, possibly going to take a chance on number four, Richardson, or at number four with Richardson or Levis. So what's the feel around Tennessee right now? You added a lot of sev- a lot of defensive pieces, but the offense may need a little bit of work. So what's, what's the vibe around there right now? Well, it's funny. If you just took a straw poll, if you and I walked up and down, you know, Broadway Avenue, which is that shiny street that runs through the middle of Nashville with all the neon signs that mm-hmm. they always show on TV. And if we could find some non-tourists and people who are actually from Nashville, and we ask them, what do you think about the Titans? I think people are reluctant to use the R word, rebuild. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're reluctant to use that word. And honestly, um, unless Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill go somewhere, I would probably be reluctant to call it a rebuild. Now, if they decide to ship off Ryan Tannehill for scrap picks or, you know, if they decide to go in a different direction quarterback-wise or if they somehow moved Derrick Henry, you know, somebody had an injury or just decided they couldn't live without him and offered the Titans some draft capital. If those guys left, I would truly feel like it's a rebuild. But as long as they have their quarterback and their running back who is on a Hall of Fame caliber trajectory, not Tannehill, but Derrick Henry, I don't think I will call it a rebuild. You know, you mentioned the Bears' offensive line being a liability last year. There was no reliability than the Titans' offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it was third and four, Ryan Tannehill was getting hit by the time he finished, you know, a, a five-step drop back. Yeah. And somebody was in his face at the third step. So the Titans are going to have uh, – they had a rookie, Nicholas Petit Frere, out of Ohio State that, you know, it's, it's from that part of the world up there. Uh, and maybe the big ticket fans that remember him. He was the starting right tackle. Everybody else is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Now, Aaron Brewer was a guard. They re-signed him on a on a, uh, a restricted free agent tender, uh, a second-round tender. It's a $4 million salary. So I think they're going to move him over and play center. He's not very big. Mm-hmm. He's, just, he's not that big. He's not a guard. They let him play guard last year. That was a mistake. Oh, yeah. You know, bigger guys are just bullying him out of the way. But a smaller person can, who's as athletic like he is and tough like he is can play center. So he'll be the same guy but in a different role. So four different starters. Um, the defense was great against the run and dead last against the pass. So they need some help in the secondary. Um, they signed Sean Murphy Bunning. Who's, mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you this. 
the theme for all the guys they've signed free agency-wise are part-time starters in other places who the Titans feel like can do more here given a full-time chance. Yeah. That's everybody's story that they've signed, every one of them. And they've been a one-year deal or a, you know, a two-year deal that could be a one-year deal or a three-year deal that could be a two-year deal you know, that are easily gotten out of. But they're signing a lot of guys to prove it deals. One thing is they don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and they've shed, they've shed a lot of salary around here. And they cut Bud Dupree. He was making a lot of money. And, uh, and, and they, they made, you know, Ben Jones, they cut, he ended the year. Ben Jones had never missed anything. Wow. He had never missed practice. But he had concussion issues last year, and he's an older player. So they parted company with him, and we love Ben Jones. But no one's saying the rebuild worked. I think they're nervous to say it. Because in the AFC South, I mean, who knows how the Colts are going to be? Yeah. And who knows how the Texans are going to be? The Jags look to be the kings. We had somebody tell us that, a Jags uh, radio guy last year. maybe even your buddy Joe Coward, mm-hmm. who said, look, don't look now. But the Jags, they have their quarterback of the future. They have their coach of the future. They have everything in place. They've been drafted high every year. So the Jags look to be, you know, they could bully this division for a while. And I think Titans fans think, look, they were two minutes away from beating them before Josh Dobbs, who was the, you know, not even on the roster two weeks earlier, fumbled in that game and lost. Oh, yeah. So there are a lot of Titans fans that still think, hey, we can win the South. But as far as like Super Bowl expectations, that's happening around here. Do you think that Tennessee is just going to like kind of ride with that run heavy offense until Tannehill's not there and they have to do something else? What's an interesting question? Tim Kelly, another Ken, uh, Tim Kelly came over from the Texans and he'd been the Texans offense coordinator. Um, came and worked as like the backup tight ends coach and as an offensive analyst or whatever they called him last year, passing game coordinator or something like that. Um, and he's the OC now. They let Todd Downing go. He's now with the Jets. So we're not exactly sure because if you go back and look at Tim Kelly's track record, he had Deshaun Watson for a couple of years. Thanks mm-hmm. to Matt Perino. So um, I personally am really excited to see Tremaine Edmonds out there in a Chicago Bears uniform. It will be really interesting to see his production behind probably – as Matt mentioned, not as good of a defensive line that he had in Buffalo. Um, But either way, he definitely was one of the bigger free agents in the market, defensive free agents in the market. So Bears paid him, and at that point, you just got to hope that it pays off. Uh, So we will see, but uh, keep sticking around this whole week. Again, we're going to go through this list of free agents that the Bears have signed. Our next one is going to be Mickey Ryan of 104.5 The Zone, host of Blaine and Mickey and the pregame show for the Tennessee Titans. So tune in through all week as we go through all of these free agents and, you know, get to, we're almost in April now, and when you hit April, you're in the month of the draft. Interested closer. to see how they adjust uh, that. Thanks everybody. Really I'm Taylor Dahl for making monsters, and I'll catch Ravens up with you guys next Jackson film last year to be able to adjust the offense to get anything done, and it worked. There was games where we were averaging 29 points a game for like five, six weeks. But now, are they going to shift to? I don't want them to auto- automatically just do a, a complete flip and throw it a million times when you do have guys that can run the ball. So it's interesting to me to to see what these coaches do sometimes with how they want to balance it. If they want to uh, keep that the strength, if you're if you can run the ball, run the ball. And you know, Derrick Henry is pretty much the best in the league at it. And being in Jacksonville and him being from near here, it, it definitely we're very familiar with Derrick Henry.
Oh gosh, yeah, uh, uh, Uly, Florida, right? Yes, yes. Uh, it's yeah, it's everybody. It's funny because everybody here loves Derrick Henry, like as in Jacksonville fans, but also they hate Derrick Henry because they're like, okay, can it be on a different team though? Because this is a little old now. Um, but Mickey, I just wanted to say thanks so much for hopping on with me. I know um, the draft is going to be very interesting to see which way a lot for the Bears in general at nine, but off, also that AFC South is going to be very interesting to see which route. Uh, uh, the Houston and Colts both go. Well, the Colts are in such an odd position, right? You mentioned off the top, they're you know they'll probably have a chance at the fourth quarterback, whoever that is, um, which will be fascinating to watch. Um, you know what the the Bears have picked nine. A lot of people are saying they'll take a, a tackle or should take a tackle, but you know what will they decide to do will be interesting. And then the the Titans at eleven, because at that point. The Titans have added a couple of journeyman offensive linemen, but, you know, do they go to the next best available tackle? You know, is Skaronsky there by some odd chance? You know, do they draft him? Or who knows? There may be every receiver on the board at that time. And the the Titans' most experienced receiver right now is that guy named Nick Westbrook-Akina, who has 47 career games and is a three on his best day and really a fantastic four mm-hmm. for this team. So uh, we anxiously await seeing what happens in the draft around here, too. Yeah, I personally think that'd be really cool if Skaronsky is sitting there for you guys. Obviously, the two names that the Bears, Skaronsky and obviously Paris Johnson, are the two that Bears fans are clamoring for right now. And I think a lot are kind of leaning towards Paris a little bit more, but that changes every week. <laughs> so we will see. <laughs> um, but all right, Mickey, well, thanks so much, and you have a good rest of your day. Yes, ma'am. Hey, I got to tell you, for mm-hmm. all the people in Chicago, very cool being on here with you. My uncle Ed McGee played for the White oh. Sox in the 50s. Oh, wow. So I've always had an affinity for Chicago. So shout out to everybody in Chicago today. Oh, well, we appreciate you, Mickey. Thanks so much. Yes, ma'am. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks to Mickey Ryan. Um, I think obviously for me, also working in Jacksonville and working for the flagship of the Jaguars, I've also grown a little hatred towards the Tennessee Titans. Um, So it's interesting to hear that. It's weird how the AFC South is just such a mystery outside of the Jags. And even that, like, you know, there's a little bit of caution when it comes to the Jags. Um, But it's I just don't know how you can logically look at where this NFL, the NFL is going and the way the offenses look right now and think that you are going to be able to be consistently competitive moving forward with a run-heavy offense and Ryan Tannehill, I just don't get it. It's interesting to me that it looks like that's kind of what they're going to stick to. Um, I mean, I, Derek Henry's an absolute menace, and he will stiff-arm you into oblivion, and he's really good at a lot of things. He can also pass, pass catch. But it's just at some point it's really going to start running uh, dwindling because people – are you figure it out you start to figure it out and you see games where people are able to shut down Derrick Henry it's not easy we're not shut down but slow down Derrick Henry and it's not easy but when that's all you have to focus on when it comes to an offense so I don't know it'll be interesting what Tennessee looks like and what the AFC South looks like in general but what it looks like for us is that you we have two solid players out of Nate Davis and Demarcus Walker seems like he's really excited to see Demarcus Walker continue to grow and what he was able to do in Tennessee last season with a revolving door of injuries and guys having to come in and really step up and fill in big shoes. And it looked like he did pretty well. So it'll be really fun uh, to watch these guys this season and see what Pulse does in the draft to even make that defensive line better. Because if the defensive line better is better, you just feel so much comfortable on each of the levels behind them. 
Uh, but anyways, uh, like I said earlier, stay tuned. This whole week we are going to go through the whole list of free agents and kind of chat about who they are, where they are, what they do best, what they can't do. Um, I want to know all of it. So, again, I'm Taylor Dahl. This is Making Monsters, and I'll catch you guys next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.